this episode, I'm going to be reading chapter 12. Put your mind to rest. Take a deep breath through your nose. Hold it. Relax every, everything in your body while exhaling slowly. Another deep breath through the nose. Hold it. Release over every bone in your body. Feel yourself sinking into the bed and listen to the story as it unfolds. August 15, Camp Winfield Scott, Washington. Heat and sultriness sat on Washington like a cover on a pot of boiled squash. But the army continued to drill. Between drillings, the soldiers were taken with lassitude and lolled around on the green lawns under the trees, talking of home. Sarah tried, as always, not to get too friendly, lest a gesture on her part or some tale from home given her way as a woman. She still hadn't heard anything about Tobias. It was as if he had disappeared into thin air. She ached for Clarice, who'd be mad with worry by now. Should she write home? No. She'd ask Hammond again if he'd heard anything. Three times in two weeks, she asked Fenton if she could again assist Dr. Hammond, but he said no. McLennan's orders are more drilling. I can't make an exception for you. So, Sarah was surprised at the end of the second week when she was summoned to Fenton's headquarters and more than just a little worried when she saw Dr. Hammond sitting there in a camp chair with his wrist bandaged and a purple bruise on his cheekbone. He did not acknowledge her He avoided her eyes, as a matter of fact, and Sarah thought it was about Tobias. He'd been killed. But then she remembered that Hammond didn't know Tobias was kin. She longed to know how Hammond had gotten his wounds. You're in trouble, Private Compton. Colonel Fenton said sternly. Sarah drew herself even more alert and soldierly and looked past Hammond, trying to conjecture 
what she done and what it had done with Hammond. She wished she didn't feel like she used to feel when her father told her she hadn't cleaned out the barn properly and hoped she'll have the medal to face whatever had occurred. This woman you'd delivered to Dr. Hammond two weeks ago, Fenton said. Did you know she was dangerous? Oh, Sarah thought, that. And she felt herself letting go of her nervousness just a bit. She shot at me in front of her house, sir, twice. I shot back and wounded her. I told Dr. Hammond. Did you know she was died in the wool, rebel? Not exactly, sir. I knew she was upset. She said she hated all soldiers and both armies. She said they were crazy. I took it that she was not right in the head because she lost her husband and sons. Well, she tried to kill Dr. Hammond, Fenton went on. She offered to help in the hospital and did well for a while. Then, yesterday, she attacked him with a knife. Sarah was genuinely aghast. She looked at Dr. Hammond. I'm sorry, sir. I didn't know. Without answering her, Hammond scowled morosely and waved a hand, dismissing the matter. So, then, what was the problem? Why did you bring her back over our lines? Colonel Fenton asked. I had to be back at the rebel guardhouse on their side of the bridge in two hours, sir, and she was yelling and taking on in front of her house. She alerted her servants. I knew if they suspected anything was going on, they'd get help. I'd be detained and maybe never get back. I had to take her with me, so I put her on the horse behind me and tied her hands in front of you, Colonel Fenton said. Sarah was more than puzzled now. She was utterly confounded, and when she looked from Fenton to Hammond and perceived that he still would not meet her eyes, she was frightened. Yes, sir. Why? Because, Fenton said, when she attacked Dr. Hammond and was constrained and threatened with prison, she said she had some important information for us and that if we promised her safe passage back to her lines, she would disclose it. Do you know what it was? Private Compton. No, sir. She said you are a woman parading as a man. She said when she had her hands tied in front of you, 
on your uniform blouse, she could discern signs that you are a woman. How say you to this charge, Private Compton? Sarah felt herself collapsing, falling in on herself. Despair ran through her. She took a quick look at Hammond, but he appeared betrayed. Yes, she supposed she had betrayed him and everyone. Well, Compton, I'm waiting, Colonel Fenton said. Do you wish to admit to your sex or do you wish to deny it and have Dr. Hammond here examine you? Sarah knew a trap when she was in one. There was nothing for it. I admit it, sir, she said dismally. There was a loud noise as Colonel Fenton slammed his hand down on his desk. Then he turned to Hammond. One of my best, he said. I was going to put him or her up for promotion. Isn't that the way of it? Will? Dr. Hammond shrugged, still saying nothing and still not looking at Sarah. What was it now? She'd admitted her deceit. Now he looked as if he was about to be betrayed her. This is serious business, Compton, or whatever your name is. What is it, anyway? Sarah Wheelock, sir. And where did you learn to shoot a gun and march and do all the manner of things in the way of a soldier? At home, on the farm, sir. I worked the farm with my sister. I shot game to put food on the family table. Please don't tell my family, sir, please. I'm not worried about your family, Wheelock. I'm worried about you. I'll have to drum you out of the army. They will be punishment, possibly jail. Jail, sir. Sarah felt her face go white. Jail for wanting to serve her country? I don't know, Fenton said. There are no rules yet for this kind of infraction, except taking the oath and lying about it. How old are you, Wheelock? Sixteen, Sarah said miserably. Well, you lied under oath about your age then, not to mention making a mockery of the army. Serious charges, Wheelock. I'll have to take this up with my superiors unless he hesitated and looked at Dr. Hammond. The look that went between them was heavy with meaning. Unless you wish to hear the way Dr. Hammond could get you out of this mess, Wheelock, do you? Sarah felt hope. Yes, sir. I'll do anything to make amends. Numbing, she thought. They'll be wanting now to make me a female nurse. Word had it 
that they were flooding Washington under the supervision of a woman called Dorothea Dix. The doctors did not like them, of course, but she had already worked with Dr. Hammond. He'd seen what she could do. Is that why he was here? Dr. Colonel Fenton said. He stood up. He looked down at Sarah, but his look was guarded. He gave no hint of past friendship. Do you recollect a man who calls himself the Comte de Paris? Yes, sir. He came to the hospital one day. You nurses were putting on an entertainment, Hammond reminded her. You were playing Topsy. He was much taken with your act. Sarah only nodded, trying to figure out how this fit in with what they wanted of her. You want me to entertain for the wounded, sir? She asked. Certainly, I can do that. But wouldn't nursing be more useful? Quiet! Dr. Hammond snapped. I haven't finished. He was angry with her. Meekly, Sarah obeyed. I'm not an idiot. Dr. Hammond went on in a softer voice. Will you listen? That's why you're in trouble in the first place. Private Compton Wheelock. Because obviously you don't listen. Obviously you didn't mind your fox at home and ran away. Well, if you want to dislodge yourself from your present misfortune, I'd advise you to start obeying and start listening. I'm listening, sir, Sarah said. Only the reason I ran off is because my father wanted to wed me to a man who was twice my age and had the manners of a bear and I just couldn't do it. Fenton cleared his throat and looked embarrassed. Dr. Hammond blinked and when he looked at her again, there was a sort of tenderness in his eyes and he gentled his voice but remained firm. I see. Well, I don't want you to entertain the wounded. The Comte is a friend of McLennan's. And McLennan has a friend named Alan Pinkerton. He heads up to the Secret Service and he is in need of operatives. Operatives, sir? Sarah asked. Yes, Hammond began to pace detectives. He employs women as well as men. Your age might go against you. I don't know if he has anyone as young as you. However, this is war and if I recommend you to McLennan's, it would get you off the hook as far as military punishment. You'd get your chance to serve your country and get away from your family or whatever it is that you think you're doing hundreds of miles from Michigan. Do you wish me? 
to make this recommendation. I'd rather be a female nurse, sir. I heard Miss Dix is looking for them. You're too young, he said. I've met Miss Dix. She wants women who are matronly and not pretty. You fail on both requirements. Sarah felt herself blushing. Well then, sir, I'd like to have a shot at the job with Mr. Pinkerton. I'd like you to recommend me, yes. Dr. Hammond went to the door of the tent. Very well then, he said. Report to my tent this evening. With your permission, Colonel. He nodded to Fenton. I think she should be out of this camp before word gets around. With your permission, I'll take charge of this matter. Gladly, Hammond, and thank you, Colonel Fenton said. Then he looked up at Sarah. Damn you again for being such a good soldier and good luck to you, he told her. Sadly, all good things must come to an end, so I bid you good night, sleep tight, and don't let the bed bugs bite.